You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Hey everybody, it's Tip. Max is in here. Dan was in here earlier. I think he just went to go hit some golf balls. We got a public service announcement today. Public service announcement. So, episode 45, right, Max? 45, you got it. Episode 45. I've got my Matt Castle jersey on. This is the Chiefs one. I'm ordering every jersey of every team he played for. That's what we're going to have in here. Two things, public service announcement. Um, This episode is one that we recorded on another podcast with Will and Jake on the Beer, Business, and Balls podcast. Dan and I go down some cool parts of, you know, playing some sports, drinking some beers, and business. So it was a cool interview with those guys. Go follow them. It's at it's at BBB podcast, I think, Max. Something like that. You'll put it in the you'll put it in the notes. You'll put it in the episode notes. So we'll get get a follow on those guys. Um, I think we say it at the end of the episode anyway with them. So you'll find a way to follow them. Uh, The other thing is, other public service announcement, this studio you will see next week, as in the week of that the Red Sox are possibly in the World Series, and it will be totally renovated. We are changing the studio up. It will look different. It might look the same because it will be some of the same garb, but a little bit different positioning, a little different setup. Um, We're growing. We're booming. So we're, we're mixing it up a little bit. Uh, you will see a new setup for the following episode. We're going to go to this one now. Red Sox are in the playoffs right now. This is awesome. Fenway's rocking. Uh, follow along the Instagram at Past Our Prime Show. Follow us on Peloton at Past Our Prime as a hashtag. Hashtag Past Our Prime. What else are we following, Max? Uh, I just want to follow up. The uh, Beers, Business, and Balls podcast is at the underscore bbb underscore podcast i was so far off close enough you nailed it though that's why you're here so those are the two public service announcements the show is on is recorded from the bbb pod and then this studio is going to be sweet next episode listen up all right everybody with us this week we have Couple pretty cool athletes to say, uh, to say the least. Tip Fairchild and Dan Copen, uh, past our prime podcast, hosted by, presented by Squad Locker, our merchandise apparel company, um, and we're bringing the two professionals to the Beers Business and Balls podcast today. Uh, past our prime podcast, they take you into the locker room from the eyes of the has beens and never was, which I think you're short selling both of you guys, but that's all right. Uh, Tip and Dan, how are you? Yeah, I heard actually. <laughs> I think we're spot on. <laughs> we said it to a couple of people at the shooting event that we just were at the Matt Light Celebrity Shootout, and they were like, "Yeah, it makes a lot of sense." Yeah, we're like, "Yeah, that's that's dead ass accurate." <laughs> The the bad thing was they thought he was the has been offensive lineman by the side. Oh, Jesus. Right now. <laughs> wow. I had more people think that I was. I, I, I had, people were asking me for pictures. I was like, guys, no, no this is the offensive lineman, not, not me. I, not I me. played baseball, shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> Very below average. <laughs> that's funny, though, because that's one thing that is crazy about, you know, former offensive linemen. Once they come out of the league, you don't even recognize them. The right. weight drop is crazy. I mean, you guys both look good. You know, you're, you're you guys are both uh, 
young chickens and looking looking lean. So I'm not going to say who's who's the lineman, but uh, we appreciate you having on the uh, coming on the show. No, no thanks, worries. Thanks for having us. We're interested to hear your questions and far away because we like beer. Uh, balls, I guess. Balls in business. I love the slogan. It's a great yeah, slogan. It's, good. <laughs> it's, it's covering our three topics. You know, that's yeah. what uh, all the uh, New Englanders and people around the country want to hear. And uh, well, we'll get right to it. So we'll start off with Dan. I mean, the two-time Super Bowl champ, 10-year career with the Pats. Um, you've had quite the journey. You've had quite the journey. You know, we'll start with those beer questions first. Uh, obviously, in 2018, a couple years after your career, uh, you started with Linesider Brewing Company. It's not named after your position, which many people might have thought, but of course, the striped bass. So I assume you got some yeah. uh, fishing interest with you. But what was that uh, aha moment or that idea that you wanted to uh, get into the beer industry? Uh, you know, after you get done playing, um, you know, professional sport, especially for that long, you know, there's kind of kind of a void. Um, you know, when you're playing, you wake up every day. There's there's an end game and there's a goal, no matter if it's, you know, the next week or if it's the off season, all right, we're training for next season. So there's always, there's always, there's always a goal in mind. And when, when, when they ask you not to play or you retire, um, that, that goes away pretty quickly, you know, and that's a struggle to find out, Hey, what's the next step? You know, when I retire at 33, 34 years old, there's a lot of there's a lot of time left and there's a lot of time to fill up. So you got to figure out what you want to do next. And I tried a couple different things. Can't just Um, play golf every day. God, I would love to play golf. You can, but you know, (laughs) it would give you a bunch of shit. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's just, you got to try and figure out when to play. And even quite, even when I was playing, you know, we had young kids later in your career, you get older, you get more mature, you get responsibilities. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the hell is that? You know, when you're young and you're, uh, single, you're going out, you're having fun, you're playing golf on your off days, yep. whatever, you know, your, your life changes as you go. So my kids were little five, three and one. I wasn't playing a lot of golf cause I can't, you know, give the excuse, Hey, I'm, I'll see you in six hours. You mm-hmm. know, it just, it's not fair. So didn't play a lot of golf and trying to figure it out. Is it real estate? Is it, um, uh, you know, a couple of other things. And then my brother-in-law started, uh, you know, brewing beer and he was stay or he wasn't, but it, my sister-in-law was in Okinawa uh, with the air force. He learned how to brew beer over there and came home and made some beer and, 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 and it was good. So I learned home brewing from him. Um, and then just met up with uh, another guy and he had the same, same interest, same passion. He was looking to move on from his job, and sort of that's where line solder came. And uh, you know, a lot of people think it's it's a football thing, uh, but no. You know, we live in Rhode Island. We're very proud of the state. It's a very small state. It's like six six separations from six ways of separation mm-hmm. from Kevin Bacon. Everybody knows somebody that somebody knows. It's it it's impossible to go around the state and not know somebody. So uh, it's the state fish of Rhode Island, big fishing state, and that's where it came from. So what's the cooler fact about you, Dan? Is it the fact that you and Saquon both have your jerseys retired at your high school? Or is it the fact that your father-in-law is also a two-time Super Bowl champion? Oh, you know, I, yeah, Saquon just got his jersey retired a couple of weeks ago. I went back for that. Um, and that was the first time I had met him in person. I talked to oh, him wow. uh, on the phone. I mean, I'm, I'm an old guy. He's much younger. I think he graduated in... <laughs> 2017 or 2018 or whatever it was so uh i'm a little bit older have been away uh I, you know i gotta go, i gotta stick with the family you know to have 
Mark Van Egan is my father-in-law. He played eight years with the Raiders, two with the Pats, two Super Bowls with the uh, with the uh, Raiders. There, I'm going to go with that. That's more cooler. Um, if Saquon can get to the level of another alumni of Whitehall High School, Matt Millen, who has four Super Bowl rings, then maybe we can maybe we, four. Well, we got six in the high school. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, so you know, he, he he can add to those ring collections that we have growing there in Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Maybe we'll have a conversation then. Because <laughs> that you know that's why you play the game, boys. Right? You play to win. Right? How I mean, yeah. the school. How big is the school? Uh, I think my graduating class was two twenty five. Yeah, so it's not massive, but it's pretty no, it's big. not huge. Yeah. My whole school is two twenty five, but well, you're from oh, wow. me. Yeah. It was probably <laughs> you probably went to school at camp. Yeah, we did. Exactly. At the school, our snowmobiles oh there. So, what's in the water in Whitehall, Pennsylvania? What are you, what are you, though, yeah, what, are you, what are you guys doing for uh, home ec or phys ed today? Oh, we're chopping wood. Yeah, we're chopping. Yeah. Wood. We're, 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 uh, we're skinning, uh, we're skinning a deer. Yeah, we're getting yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because we got the life essential skills. I mean, you have to yeah. know how to skin a deer in Maine. That's right. right. Absolutely. He, he look at him. He doesn't know how to skin a deer. No, I don't. No, not a <laughs> no idea. I don't like blood. Uh. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> That's nuts. So what's um, in the? Yeah. Oh no, you go. Yeah, you Dennis. first. You first. Tondo. No, 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 all you. Um, what's it? I was going to steal Tondo's question here. It's like, what's in the water there in Whitehall? You know, what's what breeds those athletes? What makes your high school so? You know, what breeds the championship winners there? Uh it's a good community, man. It's a blue collar, blue collar community. People work hard. They. Um, Pennsylvania loves high school football. You know, it's, there's a lot of interest. You play. Um, I played since I was seven, so I played football for a long time. You grow up going to those high school games. You want to be those high school athletes out on the field, and you're in the corner of the uh, stadium, you know, playing with your friends, running around, playing football while they're, you know, the varsity games going on. So it's just it's it, it, it's a good place to grow up, man. We just we just got workers out there. Right yeah, on, right on. Uh, like Maryland crab cakes and football. What's, <laughs> yeah. what's Pennsylvania? It's like mines and crab linemen. cakes and fo- <laughs> linemen and mines. No, we, well, other mines and no. Penn, that's West Virginia. We got quarries. We got yeah, you know, cement plants. Okay. We got Bethlehem Steel. Right, <laughs> steel. Yes, yeah, uh, icy light. Steel. Iron City. Yeah. Let's go out to Pittsburgh. Get some right. uh, icy light and some steel. I like that. Bethlehem, everything. It's the gritty Pennsylvania lifestyle. Yeah, um, one of the coolest things I thought that I, besides your Super Bowl rings, obviously, um, but in your trophy cabinet, you have that Madden Most Valuable uh, Protectors Award, which is pretty much just like a block of iron with a couple uh, hog mollies on top of it. But so it obviously represents your career as an offensive lineman and having that solidified front line, um, you know, on the pats. But who was one of the hardest people that you've ever had to defend while being in that offensive lineman? Um, I mean, off on the line, like a defensive lineman, Chris Jenkins, you know, he played with Carolina and he also played with the Jets. He played in two different systems, four down front with Carolina, penetrated. And then uh, when he was with the Jets, they ran like a three, four with Rex Ryan as their head coach. Obviously, Rex didn't work out as a head coach, but he still was a hell of an off uh, defensive lineman. Um, you know, he was massive, six, three, six, four, six, five, whatever the hell he was, 350 pounds and if he wanted to jump a snap count, he was, you know, you, it, it was hard to stop the man. But at the second level, I mean, I always bring it back to Zach Thomas. I mean, you take a look at the linebackers now. Yeah, they're great athletes, but very few linebackers take on, 
guys like they did in the past and even before Zach. But Zach was like one of the last of those 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 hard headed downhill linebackers and you knew you were in for a, a fight every time you played the Dolphins. And before we turn it over and learn more about Tip here, just a, a final kind of question for you in now, your tip, career. Tip doesn't need to I'm going to answer a couple emails. We'll just there you go. Yeah, there you go. Send a couple like proposals out, yeah. like get some work done. Exactly. Perfect. But, but Dan, you know, it seems as though the, the thing in football right now is Tom Brady just seems like he's getting better, right? He's what 40, he's in his mid forties and he's finally got a group of, this is probably, you know, one of the best offensive teams he's had in a while. Well, and uh, just in a while. All right. You said in a while. Well, seven. In a while. Right? Well, he seven a great team. Damn good. Well, well, here's yeah. the thing. When you were there, he had a lot of weapons too. Right. So, yeah. but this is, you know, relatively speaking over the last couple of years as a Patriot, I mean, objectively that Buccaneers roster he's working with now has a lot more weapons than these past couple of years did in new England. Sure. So what, you know, from your perspective, you played with this guy for many years. So what about him just makes him so great? And if you have any memories that stand out, would love to hear him too. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is that he's a competitor. You know, it doesn't matter what he's doing, golf, backgammon, football, um, businesses now outside of football. He's a competitor and he wants to win at everything. And he gets fucking pissed if he, if he doesn't win. Yeah. Um, one, one example is we're playing backgammon. He's just learning the offensive lineman in the locker room, meeting rooms or whatever. We had downtime training camp during the season playing rides. We would play either card games or, you know, backgammon was one of the staples too. Tommy's just learning how to play backgammon. He's walking back and forth from meetings to his locker. Hey, what's, what, what are you guys doing? So he's just learning. He lost, like you lose a lot when you start learning, you know, you're, you're just figuring it out. But I mean, he just steps into things right away and he thinks he's going to be really good at it. He maybe lost a few times in a row, gets upset. And then he comes back. He's like, okay, I think I figured it out. He loses again. He just absolutely takes the backgammon board, just chucks it right across the locker room. So um, that's his competitive nature. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you can go on about his, you know, avocado ice cream, how he's, what about the beer chugging? Can he like chug? A oh, beer he, can, he can. He can. He can absolutely chug. That that is true. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did do it on a talk show. Yeah. But we got stuck in. Pretty sure it was like iced tea. But no, it was well, fake he, beer, non alcoholic. Maybe could have been. Yeah, it didn't matter. Been. Yeah, because he was no. he was very health conscious. Maybe mm-hmm. at that point, but um, we were coming back from Buffalo. I think I don't think we could fly in, so we ended up busing home, and we stopped. Uh, along the way, we went to a bar- barbecue place, and after the game, we won. We started eating barbecue and drinking beer. You know, we, we, we had some time to kill, and sure enough, somebody challenged him to the beer chugging contest. He took everybody down, everybody down. It, it was pretty impressive how fast he can drink that thing. Man doesn't lose. The man no. does not lose. No, he doesn't lose. So, I mean, he, he'll he'll go after anything, and if he loses – it doesn't matter. Like, it's I mean, gonna get it, ugly, yeah. Like I mean, it doesn't matter. Like pranks, anything, he will not lose. And the one rule in the locker room is you don't mess with a guy who has fu money, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm a lineman, <laughs> I'm making this salary, or you're a rookie, you're making this salary. You don't go after mm-hmm. the guy that does not care what he spends to get at to get back at you. Mm-hmm. And that's happened in the past. Too. Yeah, so that's true. you know, it's just he's a great guy. You know, he's a leader. He's a competitor. Um, Takes care of his body, does everything right, and he, you know he's, he's, he's as smart as they come. He's seen every defense, every front, uh, ran every play. 
Why wouldn't guys want to come there and play with him? Or just be him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get. <laughs> or or be with yeah. him, which which is what Tip wants. To <laughs> just, know. just one hug, not one even hug. with him. Yeah. Are you not, I don't want to be him. I want to be with you. Yeah, Bill, I want to be with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, want, you guys know a crazy stat about Dan? Yeah, What's that? I'm gonna mess this up, but remember when we looked at all-time winning percentages? Yeah, for offensive players, I think. No, no, no. It was for all. No. Oh. I think it was all-time winning percentages for anybody who's played over ten years in the league. Oh no! It was like a certain amount of games. That they certain amount of games, yeah. over 180 games or something like that. Does that sound right? 160 no, games. No, it's like over 100, maybe. Maybe it's over 100. For all-time winning percentages for people over 100 games, Dan's number one. Oh my god! For, for hey, yeah. <laughs> Take advantage of your opportunity and get back on your investment, people. <laughs> yeah, you lost <laughs> seven games. I no, think. I, something yeah. crazy. I think I, I think I was around 81 percent. Yeah, which was number one. Yeah, so there was only there was only one. Person. There's a lot of other good players out on that field that contributed. To yeah, that. I just so, think I mean, it's wow. funny when you Google search that how you your your face with your red beard shows up with the long flowing hair. Well, yeah, we started out my first two years. We went back to back, and we ended up playing. We went um, seventeen and two both years. Right, that's oh, what I mean. So you just stacked the wins. first two years, I played thirty eight games, yeah. and that's basically like a college career. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, call up Cannon. That, right? I'll, I'll send those cleats over for you myself. I'll hand deliver them. That's that's a pretty cool stat. <laughs> yep. I was lucky. I was I was I was fortunate to play with a lot of good players and in a great organization with a lot of good coaches that just focused on that. So it, it worked out well. Right on, right on. Now head over to Tip. I mean, the star of Monmouth Academy, University of Southern Maine. You got drafted in 2005 by the uh, Houston Astros and rose up the ranks. Um, you also did some work with Roger Clemens. I saw that picture on, uh, on social media, not bad. I mean, we're Yankees fans, so we have a, a little soft spot for Roger Clemens, but you know, you obviously wanted to play baseball and that was something that was always in the forefront of your mind, but was playing professional, something that was like the main focus or were you just riding the wave and hoping that, yeah. Hey, if, uh, you know, the, the pros start calling, I'll, I'll, I'll make that, make that transition. You know, I think that everybody writes it on their third grade thing. Like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you say, I want to play football and I, I want to play I, baseball. I, I right? Did, yeah, or, I wrote it too. You're right. right. So you write it down. You just don't know how what it takes to get there. And then if you would ask me in high school or college, when I first went to college, I would never thought it was even something that happens. Right. And I was still pretty naive to it, even my junior year, when all of a sudden, you know, every day or every week, you, you know, I was getting more and more you know, packages from, from MLB teams and scouts visiting and conversations and then agents calling and, you know, all this different stuff that you don't, I was, it, it hit me and I was like, okay, I guess this is kind of real. It wasn't anything. I was just looking to do the next thing. I always said that, like, if you're in high school, if you're in middle school, you want to play high school baseball, you want to be an all-star, you want to try to go to college, you want to be an all-star, you, you know, keep moving. And that's what, you know, that's what my process was. And I stayed at Southern Maine after my sophomore year, I had a really big sophomore year and that's one of most schools you know where lots of schools made offers for me to hey come here for your junior year and then you know you can higher draft status you know played a big program whether it's you know in the sec or acc whatever it is i stayed there still got drafted you know i actually got hurt that year a little bit and hurt my my draft stats a little bit but um you know i never would have thought it when i was in third grade even though i wrote it on the piece of paper but it's maybe just like what you it's always in the back of your mind that I'm hoping to do this, right? And then I was lucky enough, played five years, and 
And uh, the cool part was getting drafted by the Astros. You know, I, I, I got, I had a phone call in like the fifth round with the Royals and almost signed with the Royals, but you can actually, they can't technically do that. So like they, they make you try to agree to money and I wasn't willing to agree to money right then. I just said, Hey, I'm going to play my chances here and get drafted a few rounds later by the Astros. But it was awesome because my two biggest pitching role models were, uh, were Roger Clemens and Nolan Ryan. And I was able to be around them the entire season for five years, pretty much, you know, so going to Nolan Ryan's house or like playing golf or going to Clemens house or, you know, traveling with those guys, like having them like work in your bullpens. That was as good as it gets for some kid that wants to like pitch, you know, like there's not two better guys when I was there. Right. That was 05 to 2010. So that, that was the, number one for me. Not bad one of the for, interesting kid from Maine. Kid from Maine, you know, a kid, yeah. just a kid chopping yeah. wood and skinning deers from Maine, right? That's right. Um, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the just most bizarre parts of Roger Clemens' <gasps> career was when he decided he was going to come back. He pitched a couple of games for the Sugarland Skeeters, and that really hits home because you know, grew up in uh, you know, I, I grew up in Connecticut, right down for uh, the road from the Bridgeport Bluefish, and Will grew up in Long Island. He had the um, was it the Ducks in the Independent well, League? Ducks, right? yeah, the, the Independent League. Yeah. And then you, all of a sudden you see Clemens throwing in the same league against these dudes. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I, had you know, stint, I was like a 48-year-old or something. I had a stint uh, in that league with against the Ducks and against the Bridgeport. Uh, what team, uh, what team are you playing for? The Pats, Somers, right? The Somerset, Somerset Pats. Oh, it was the Somerset. Like so now month. they're the double-A yeah. uh, yeah, Yankees. Yankees now. Yeah, their stadium was underwater. But I remember going <laughs> yeah. to Bridgeport and – you know, walking in, uh, wearing my bulletproof vest, hoping not to die, leaving the stadium. Uh, you know, it was a rough, rough area down there. The Ducks were oh. a little different. Long Island was was a decent time. but Could have went over to the Danbury Thrashers and stuff, too. Thrashers. 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 Dude, you yeah. want to stay out of yeah. Danbury. Yeah, man. stay out of there. Yeah, stay out of there. Um, it, it was, you know, the, with Clemens, too, he came back, remember, and pitched for the Lexington Legends when I was there and his son was playing on the team also. We were in the same draft By class. That so, Macker, who I went to college yeah, with, caught made, four caught in, from in, that in that first yeah. game. Wow. Yeah. And I threw the night before, actually. So when you're in baseball and you understand, like, starting pitchers, a lot of times the starting pitchers are showing rosters or showing, like, trends. And then, actually, you're in the stands for a couple of days during the rotation because you're charting and like that's where you're actually doing like kind of like your brain work like hey I'm about to face this team in two days I'm going to watch these hitters and instead of being in the dugout like eating seeds and chewing bubble gum and like you know searching for chicks in the stands it's I'm going to actually be in, in the stands like making sure I'm paying attention to hitters so that game though I was supposed to be in the stands and it was awesome because I started to work with Clemens a lot, and he's like, no, 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 I want him in the dugout because I want to sit with him when I come off the field and, like, just talk about, like, what I just did with that process. And I was like, this is freaking awesome. You know, like, so I was in there. I was in the dugout with him for that. And then, you know, I was with him in big league camp, too, for a couple of years. So, you know, around around him plenty. And he's he still is. People talk about him as, like, a, you know, not great with fans or like kind of an asshole to certain people. And he never was that way with me. And I started to recognize it where those polarizing figures early on, like would just get bombarded with autographs and this and that and everything. And just as long as it was in the right situation, he would never say no to a kid ever, ever. You know, like that was never a thought case. too. you know, the way the media portrayed it was like, oh, you know, yeah. the bad guy, like, you know, he didn't come yeah, no, to, when but, Clemens comes to mind. It's like, oh, he didn't even come to his, uh, the games that he wasn't starting at, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. But the other but if there's a 45 year old guy coming up to him at dinner being mm -hmm. like, hey, can you sign my ball? 
he's going to be like, can I finish my like tiramisu first? Yeah, the fuck like, <laughs> give me a yeah. Minute. Which ball would you like me to sign? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, a 12-year-old kid that came up to him or a 7-year-old kid or a 15-year-old kid, whatever it is, no shot. Like he would do that a million times out of a million. And I think it's just the bad rap comes with with like one instance of something where somebody sees uh, him turn down a 45-year-old like looking for an autograph, you know. So that was never the case when I was around him at all. So and we were talking about uh, Somerset too, right, and, and your time there. Um, Sparky Lyle was obviously another guy that was around um, a bunch. You probably learned a bunch from him. You know, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what that was like coming up the yeah. system with him because, I mean, there's a whole section on Wikipedia for clubhouse antics that he had, yep. so that means that it's it's bad. So um, Yeah, he was – he was a character for sure. I think I learned a few new words, um, how to spit <laughs> on like an umpire, uh, you know, different things for sure. And he had the mustache. And then also maybe just to be, uh, you know, kind of miserable and hang out in your office once in a while too. That's how he was. But he was a cool dude. Like he had tons of stories, but he was kind of like, hey, I'm here. Almost like Tom Hanks in uh, A League of Their Own. That's my best reference to him, right? Where it was like, hey, I'll come out and do my song and dance and twirl my hat. And then he goes, sits on the bench and like throws a dip in and puts sand down his pants. You know, like that, that was him. But it was also what was crazy about that league. And I was only in it for a bit. I So I got released out of spring training that year, went to Somerset for like six weeks, eight weeks, something like that, and then re-signed by Houston. So it was, I wasn't there for a long time. But when I was there, we, we'd play against like Newark and like Keith Folk. Who I watched like two years before that, three years before that, I got hammered in college because he won the World Series for the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. Was yeah. like in the bullpen beside me, and he's like still trying to hang in with the Newark Bears and like Carl Everett, who I remember being just like an amazing center fielder for the Red Sox. Like I love Carl Everett. I'm facing him, and he's like, I'm like, why are you still doing this? You know, and like they're like, hey, like what what's we gonna do? We're 34 years old, kind of like Dan said. Like I'm still gonna play for a while. So there were some cool characters in that league. It was lots of it was it was lots of guys that were either trying to hang on or already had a pretty big career that just weren't willing to be done yet. You know, is is what it was for. Um, what did they call that? Um, what was the name of the of the league that? Uh, See, uh, the Atlantic League. Right? Atlantic League. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Atlantic League. So lots of players like that in it when when I was there. It's much different now. The Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball scene is a lot different. They've eliminated a lot of levels a lot of different organizations i mean even like the lexington legends who were i think one of the premier uh minor league baseball stadiums operations incredible city like tons of support around the team big sellouts um they're not affiliated with a team anymore and they were always affiliated with the astros and then the royals and then now they're independent ball still bringing a big crowd still doing cool stuff like andy shea he has an incredible thing down there they have rough and rowdy down there for barstool and everything so they do lots of fun gimmicky things but um it's they're not affiliated with anybody anymore so it's it's definitely different no right on and we're going to transition into obviously the story of how you two met you know this past our prime uh podcast uh but it wouldn't be brought to you you know the podcast wouldn't be created without that common bond of squad locker so you know how did you guys hear about Squad Locker and what made you, you know, buy into uh, Gary's message and uh, join the team? Well, I've been with Gary for 11 years. So through Turfer, through Clean Brands and all the infancy of Squad Locker, I just was kind of looking at it from afar. Um, and then if you can believe it or not, Dan and I met in the gym 
um, <laughs> where <laughs> trying to get skinny, trying to get skinnier. But at that time, we were actually lifting a lot heavier. Yeah, because we used to look at each other where we'd be on the floor, and I'd wait to see what weights Dan was going to grab to do like dumbbell floor press. And if he was going for the 90s, I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm going to do the 95s. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. So we were actually, we were going three times a week to a gym for a while and then played some golf together. You know, just there's the kind of like the bond that you guys talk about. There's like this fraternity of football players that you're in the football fraternity. There's a, there's a fraternity of like baseball players. You're in the fraternity, hockey, whatever it is. But there's also like this next level fraternity of athletes as well where you've played in some type of a league you understand like a little bit of what that grind is and that was those relationships usually are just pretty simple because we all have the same story we like had to grind it out for a while some guys make a good contract some guys don't you are traveling away from your family you're staying in hotels you're riding planes trains buses you know the whole thing dan's done a little bit more plane travel than me but you got buses <laughs> yeah i got buses, you got buses, buses, buses I got under plane. control i got buses covered. It, i mean it's also to the you're coming from that environment, like you said, with the leagues or teams or sports, you know, you're kind of thick skinned and yeah. you don't really have to hold back. Like he can make fun of me. I can make fun of him and it's not taking anything personal. And that mm-hmm. after you get out of a locker room, when you're in it for a long time, sometimes you say some stupid shit and yeah. you get in trouble you at miss, home. You miss that because yeah. the people that like you're you talking have that, to You have that every it. day, and that's just yeah. like you're, you're, you're basically kids playing a kid's game, but you're adults and you get paid for it. Mm. But you're in there with your buddies going out to play a sport, which is kind of cool, and then that goes away, and you come into the real world, and sometimes you maybe say some things wrong, sometimes you say it more... The, it's sarcastically, and some people don't get it. You know, those yep. those guys that have been around those locker rooms sort of get it. So it's easier to navigate yourself and uh, become comfortable with those, yep. those people. I mean, I met, you know, this past week we were at that Matt Light shootout, and I'd, I'd talked to Castle before and actually played with his brother. Um, his brother played for the Astros with me. So, but I never had met these guys, and within two minutes on the car ride, it's like ball busting. You know, and, and it just is natural where when you first meet some people and you're outside of that sports world, it's like, hey, how long before I can ball <laughs> First, bust? can I can I get about can I get a six pack first and then we'll strike? Exactly. <laughs> then we're, then we're we'll more, try and start to get know, to know each other. Yeah, we're more like, even know. we haven't even ordered our coffee yet, and we're already in like full stride, like with you know making fun of. of yeah, I whatever, walked in. We right? walked. We met them. We picked them up at IHOP. Cass <laughs> <laughs> was in the bathroom. I walked in. Just went back to the old locker room days, grabbed a bunch of paper towels, threw them under the water, and chucked them over the stall. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just yeah. it, that's that's what we do. Yeah, Jake Long shook my hand, and he grabbed, like, my elbow, you know, because his hands are gigantic. And he also just finished, like, 19 pancakes. <laughs> and I was like, you know, hey, you're, what are you, is this an appetizer, I think was the first thing I said to him. And, like, you're just, you're just on from there, where there's a hesitant, hesitancy with that in the office place or just um i think the most common one is when you get around like your significant other your wife's friends friends. husbands oh yeah it's like it is touch and feel for like a (laughs) while you know where you're like i what should i say but if that person like for instance was in a locker was a nfl guy i could be i know exactly what i would say or an mlb it's it's easy it's like you just dive right into it so um, it's it's much different those, but that's you know that's what kind of hit off the relationship. And then Dan was looking, um, 
you know, he's like, hey, I, you know, again, like he said, kind of retired, had done some stuff, was looking for some things. I'm like, this makes a lot of sense, actually, because we're such a sports company, you know, servicing youth sports. And he has young kids and wants to show them, you know, like, hey, this is what it is to work. And it's a fun thing. And it's like we're around teams and we're around sports all the time. And that's the way I look at it, too. Now, I'm on, you know, my background is in business and with sales process and building teams and everything. And, like, that's what my career has been the last 10 years where, you know, it's funny because Dan has been in so many meetings now and kind of watched this that I think he knows what he could do. Like, he could do that right now. Like, he could do those type of things just from listening. So, you know, we and then with a podcast thing just spun up because we are like, how do we get some cool content out there just talking about yeah, more exactly, relevant, yeah. you know shooting the breeze, like some current event stuff, right? Being able to grab a funny guest and have that same banter that not everybody's totally comfortable with. And that's what we do. I'll bring on a friend that nobody knows about, except for if you have minor league baseball cards. But Which nobody does. Right? Nobody knows. Some people do. People do. We still got some. Yeah. Every week I get a package of cards. He can't believe it. But people send them to me. You get more than I do. I get so many, so many letters on this. But I'll bring on like Josh Mickey, who played ten years, mostly all double A, triple A. Was he the dick? Was he the dick model? Yeah. So, so, and he comes on. The first thing he says for dicks. I said dicks. Yeah. Sporting goods. You know, the first thing he says is he goes, "Hey, I'm a." You know, uh, he's got his background. He was a model for Dick Sporting Goods, and he's like, "I bet I'm the first Dick model you've had." <laughs> no, like, true. But, and then, true. and then you're off and running, and, and like, hopefully, the first and only. Right. Yeah, I know exactly, that's true exactly true. But it's been, you know, it's that's kind of what we put together. And then, you know, his his network's obviously deep too, and it's it's cool for me because I I grew up a Patriots fan, right? So and still am. I'm kind of a. I'm kind of a Tampa Bay fan right now too. But, I know you are. But, but, <laughs> Everyone is. But, but it's um, but it's funny for me to talk to Matt Castle because I remember being a, like, what year was that? Oh wait, oh wait. I remember being like, you know, playing minor league baseball, being like, Brady's out. Like, who's this Castle guy? Oh, I know who Castle is because my roommate played with him at USC, and then now I'm talking to him on a podcast ten years later. It's pretty funny. All right. So obviously, you guys are both the hosts of past our prime pod um as will mentioned the open sports podcast take you into the locker room from the eyes of a has-been and a never was powered by squad locker so first of all you know you kind of alluded to it throughout the what we've been talking about but what's the goal of the show and what stories are you guys trying to bring out um you know what are you guys trying to accomplish with the show I mean, uh, bring guests on first, uh, first and foremost, which is the toughest thing to do with podcasts is what we've learned. It's not, yeah. it's not for Dan and I just to sit down for an hour and talk. We could do that literally six hours a day. It'd be pretty easy. It's like <laughs> coordinating the guests, bringing it on who works well, who doesn't, um, you know, the, the theme though is teams, you know, cause that's what we do with squad locker. And it's just, we're trying to be a little bit different voice to it. Is that accurate? Yeah. It's uh, more the say. Yeah, yeah it's I more mean, the funny I, voice. Yeah, I think you want to bring some humor into it. You want to talk to some cool people. Um, but the thing about talking to those people and having fun, obviously, we have uh, past relationships with a lot of them, and some of them we don't. But I mean, even like some of the guys that we didn't know have turned out to be the coolest guests that oh, we've the had. Seal stuff. The seal stuff, or yeah, Dr. Chapman, who. Oh yeah, Chapman. Yeah, you're right. He's right. one of the you know psychologists and all that stuff. So I mean, we learn a lot from it, um, even still. Um, and then hopefully, can people 
you know, really can take some, you know, get some fun out of it, some sense of humor, but the qualities and lessons that you learn in the locker room or on the field really translate over to life and business. doesn't matter, you know, hard work, discipline, uh, accountability, honesty, integrity, um, uh, leadership, um, you know, um, following directions, all yep. those things, um, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like when people ask you about like the Patriot way, well, Patriot way is bullshit. You know, that's, that's, that's just normal. And that's how people should operate and, and act. And um, so if these guys who have been very successful in whatever field they are, whatever sport they play are communicating the same thing and can, can get one small example or one piece of it that somebody retains then you know, hopefully somebody else is better off. Yeah. And I think we could talk to a Navy SEAL every week. Every week. I think we should just change it to seals because seal it's just seals and, seal talk. And, and, the, yeah. and, and, and just, you know, ex-military in general or active yeah, military, or, exactly, or, you know, yeah. those special forces or, um, you know, the Marines and, and you know, National Guard, you know, what those guys do and every day and um, sacrifice for, you know, for each one of us um, mm-hmm. and the stuff that they have to go through and their families go through, you know, should be honored and talked about a lot. Yeah. And hearing like, you know, we have teams here at Squaw Locker, right? That we like within the company, whether it's operations or sales or anything like that. And then we sell two teams, right? Like, so that's part of it. And then the SEAL side is, I love talking to because they're the highest performing teams in, in the world, right? Like that's what they're built for. They're designed to be like a high functioning unit of a small group of people that can like do a lot of <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they can go and take out old country or they can go in and save one person right like they can do all this different they can, stuff they can fly there or they can swim there it yeah doesn't and really they, it doesn't matter like whatever you give them for an assignment they just they they huddle and they go this is what we're doing okay go ready break just like these guys like break a huddle or just like you know you're running on the field it's just they're starting their thing and they trust um both both uh kevin lace yep. and uh, david Rut- rutherford both said the same thing, like feeling like that pinch on the shoulder from like the guy behind you. That's like, okay, let's go. If you don't have a hundred percent trust in that, then you're not the right, right teammates. Right. And they said, that's where you get to with like the Navy seal side, where these guys know that the person beside them will die in one second for them. Like no question. And like, as they're operating, that's how they, that's how they move through their entire existence when they're in these teams. And then I always wonder what they go do after. Well, none maybe. of them ever say it really. They no, do, we, they well, speak. We, Kevin, you know, Kevin, stuff, Kevin but... Lace was an ex seal that we talked to this week, and he actually, I mean, um, talked about because you brought that up. But it was one of those things like it's not just teams; it's it's when they leave the teams, they're still that close bond, and right. um, their family members, when they're active, sort of don't get it. But they actually, he said, they they get it when they're done because then they see how involved they are, or how much they're around, or how much more they communicate. Um, because, you know, they might be off in Afghanistan for six months. The people at home can't see them hanging out every day. What do they talk about? What do they do? But when they get home from mm-hmm. it or when they're done with it, then they can actually see how close that unit really is. Yep. I'd look, trend, I mean, I mean, any one of their books, too. Like, I'm, I can't the wait last to Punisher. Read. The last Started Punisher. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, or hear them speak, right? You know, these guys all will do speaking engagements. And I, I remember I, saw, I listened to the Blue Angels pilot speak. Um, a few years ago too, that was at Rocky Hill, actually. That was that type of stuff amazes me. You know, like that's 
that's what I'm really interested. In. I, I would listen to that. Well, maybe not over Brady. No, well, even that the, but, well, the speech that the Admiral made, just like first, oh, one, first God, thing you do is a, make your bed. Great right? you accomplish one thing. Oh, uh, that was uh, that was McRaven. Yeah, yeah. McRaven. I mean, it's just yeah. what those guys like. They, life is about working with other people, and yep. those guys are the number one example of how to do it. So just everybody look to them and how they do it and how they work. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody else else is going to be much better off. That's right. We definitely need a little bit more of that in uh, today's society and how the country and the world's going. But it's, I, I agree. It's like when you hear those stories and those conversations, I mean, we had a few folks come over from, uh, we went to Bryant University and they always had individuals come and speak. And it's always just, you sit there and it's just like, you sit in awe. It's like, that's the epitome of an American hero. And it's like what they have to say and like how they go about their life and every day. It's like what people should, you know, strive and try to reach for. So definitely agree the uh, importance to that. And, um, you know, with your podcast, obviously you've had a lot of great guests, um, but every podcaster always has that dream list. You know, who are the people you'd love to have on? I mean, like we cover three different topics and we have, you know, our individual list. Some of it's because of fandom and some of it is just want to hear the story. But, you know, for you guys, obviously the podcast is still young, but who is who are the, some of those dream guests that you're like, love to just sit down for an hour or two and uh, shoot the shit. I, I see the smile over there. I yeah. well, I have, no, I have multiple. I, I have multiple. It's not just like, I mean, we, we just said this on an episode where it was like, you don't, maybe you don't want to meet your heroes. Remember <laughs> yeah, there's like yeah, that yeah. term that you have yeah, where yeah. it's like, no, leave that, like leave that existing out there forever. I mean, I, I, you can ask this question in a few ways, right? You can also ask like, we're golfers. Like what's your dream foursome, right? Like golfing or what's yeah. the, what's the table that you'd want to sit at at dinner, right? Like who do you want at your table? Um, you know, for me, it's probably always pretty close to the same answer. It's like Tiger Woods. I mean, imagine like interviewing Tiger Woods. It's just like you peel back that brain. Like I'd have to write down a lot of, I'd have to do a ton of research on that to like get the right question. That's like a seven hour interview. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Tiger with Woods. all his struggles, because you, you have literally the top of the world and then the bottom of the pit too, and everything in yep. between. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. Tiger Woods, you know, Brady, obviously. Um, and then, and then, you know, there could be people on the business side too, like, Imagine talking to like Elon Musk or, you know, Jeff Bezos or, you know, Steve Jobs, if he was still alive, like things like that, I think would be crazy. And then for me, I'm a big music guy. So I've always, I'm a nineties grunge, you know, most of these guys are all gone now, but, you know, talking to, um, whether it's like Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins would be a dream conversation for me. You know, like that's a top, that's a top three in my list and where that's, Danny might not even know what I'm talking about here. Where what and you, you might not Cobain, say Cobain. Oh yeah, Kurt Cobain. Yeah, okay. You're That'd a big sick. guy now. But then, but you <laughs> answer. You wouldn't say Brady though, because no. that's your conversation. You that's you. You do that, right? Yeah, but it would it would be fun to have him on because you can sort of get the stories you want out of yeah. him, I guess. And maybe if you get him on, he loosens up. I mean, being in Tampa, it seems like he's loosened up a little bit more. Yeah, um, yep. and speaks more freely. Um, do you guys want us to call and Cobain? Oh, yeah, call <laughs> like pardon my take. Did in the yeah. first couple I think, of years, I think Jordan would be cool. I think, oh, Jordan, I, I think Jordan, I, I, Jordan. I, I, yeah. I love guys like Tiger Woods and Jordan who are just so Magic freaking, Johnson, maybe so freaking. Jordan's kind of the man now, right? That's what they say. Like, everyone loves working with him now. He's like, he's nice and chill, he's still mad competitive, but like, everyone yeah. loves working with him. That, that, that would be cool for me. I grew up, you know, rooting for the Bulls. Um, yeah, you know. Bird, bird would be cool. Bull, bird, you know, bird one of those, yeah, one, one of those trash talkers. Yeah, some uh, Charles Barkley. Oh, he'd be awesome. Oh, you know, like that. Yeah, he like would that, be great. You know, those would be probably the. 
You know, the dream list could get bigger and bigger as we keep talking right now. But that's, I mean, I think that we probably are pretty aligned with who we would we chum can. it up. So with if you have any well. of their numbers, just let us know. Yeah, let, let us know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can get you connected with Bobby Valentine if you want. That was Bobby, uh, Bobby Valentine as a manager. He All was, right. So Bobby V is kind of the man. He, he, he was actually, actually a like, surprisingly good interview. I was, we were surprised by that. He was uh, he was in our fraternity, so he's like spilling all this shit about how Mike Holmgren was his big brother and stuff, and they're just like, you know, Mike kind of hazed the shit out of him. It sounds like uh, they went to USC, and he just dropped him off in like some canyon or something, and he's like, all right, find it. And Bobby V retelling this, he is an excellent storyteller. Right, like That's what he you is. Want. Yep. Right, he's one of the best storytellers I think we've had on our show, honestly. And he was like, you know, I guess he's running for mayor of Stanford, Connecticut now, and there's a chance he might win. Yeah, so that. this yeah. is going to be a shit show. But <laughs> you know, and you're right. There, like, if somebody, um, you could be as amazing as you want, but if you can't tell your stories, you're actually not that interesting. You know, right, I mean? yeah, your right. life is interesting, and other people narrating it is probably pretty cool. But like, if you can't deliver the message, you know, it's it's not that interesting to listen to right so that's yeah. that's another look, part look at you going well, i got i got jesus right that's philosophical yeah, yeah. i know it slap that while, on a right? t-shirt yeah. my guy yeah. <laughs> it'd have to be a double x too right now <laughs> i won't be able to say it again but i'll put it on a t-shirt yeah exactly that's funny i know we've had some of those interviews where it's like you're not you're and you mentioned it before it's like you're surprised with the story they tell and you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it when you get the guest but we had the founder of uh, Untapped, you know, the beer app Untapped, yeah. yep. uh, Greg Avola. And that was like one of our moments where it's like, this is something we use every time we drink a beer, look for a beer, looking at breweries and stuff. And him just like telling his backstory, I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is pretty cool. And it's like something you use every day. Um, but it's a good segue into like what, the beer. What's, yeah. What's your favorite brewery? Favorite? I mean... Not like, yeah, that might have been a question we were about to ask you guys. We'll go first. You asked us, right. we'll go first. Tano, go ahead. I mean, in the Rhode Island area, you know, we're very partial to uh, um, Long Live Beer Works in yeah, Providence. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really objectively the, the best beer in the state. Like they yeah. make, Armando does a fantastic job with, and you know, we, have, we haven't even met him because he fits that beer profile, like of the head brewer, where he just wants to make his beer and then like everyone else get the fuck out of the way. He's like, yep. I want to make my IPAs. I want everyone to stay out of my way and I'll sell them. Right. Yep. But super, yeah, hazy, because he's super hazy up there. He does a good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. They're really good. Yep. Good beers. And Fair. obviously the creme of the, you know, the cream of the crop is Treehouse, And it's like, you know, that's an experience in itself. I don't even like consider that at a brewer anymore. It's kind of just like that 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 fantasy up top of like you drive an hour away to this huge complex you can it's only the shining buy. beacon on a hill yeah right? you know it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like that's an experience in itself that's not even like hey you want to go grab a quick beer with your buddies and like talk the shit it's like no it's like you got to get up early in the morning you got to check what's on the list you got to see okay i have two hundred dollars to spend this is what i got to get this is yeah. what i got to pick up for mom dad brother whoever and uh you know make a day out of it but obviously that is the uh the epitome of you know craft beer in new england yep oh but two good choices i yeah. throw I, I throw tilted barn everyone loves the tilted Rhode barn Island. i mean yeah, we just went. so uh, yeah we just went to the new place and i was like i was in awe i was in yeah, awe of what they did he did. I mean, did you, you, you when you go to the new place, you can't even see where he was in the beginning back down the road. 
um, but Matt does a phenomenal job. Um, he started with the, doing a lot of IPAs, but he's branched out. They do a great, uh, I think it's called Farm Boy, great lager right now. Lawn Boy. Uh, Lawn Boy. Lawn Boy, Lawn that's Boy. a good one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yep. They do, yep. they, they, they're, they're getting into other stuff other than IPNs. They're getting into sours and stuff now. So, uh, you know, Tilted Barn's delicious. I, and, and not not as close to here, but I love Bissell Brothers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, now you're getting into the main. So well, I was going to yeah, say, I'll throw, that's a I'll real, throw, real, a real tips like I'm at home now. I, I feel <laughs> comfortable. A real state that has, so Rhode Island beer has come a long way. No question. But I was drinking this type of beer 15 years ago in Maine. Right. Because we were it's some pretty good craft. How long? That's, ago how, you that? got the, that's how you got the cheeks. Dan's like waiting for that one. It's open. I mean, when I was in, you know, now it's almost like just it's produced too much. It's it's you know shipyard and everything. Even with pumpkinhead, it's almost like talking about a pumpkin spice latte now, right? It's like it's like a faux pas right now. But I remember when we were first doing that in Portland, Maine. This the city smelled like a pumpkin. And we used to drink about a hundred of those every night. Ryan Reed and I at Bullfinis in downtown Portland, and it wasn't everywhere yet. It was literally just in, you know, Portland, Maine, you know, Southern Maine area, and then it just boom, it exploded. But we already had Allagash up there, all these like great breweries. Then you know everything came after that, Bissell, right, and all the all these others that just kind of started, you know, uh, Lone Pine. All these started like pouring in like these mm. great micro brews. And then Rhode Island came to the scene, what, five years ago was really when it kind of started really heating up? Six uh, years ago? Yeah, probably. probably like probably Proclamation seven, time? Seven, ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, really when Proclamation, like, like, I feel like yeah, that was one of the Proc. big ones that got popular. Uh, yeah, it did. Originally. Yeah. And, and Proc still, I mean, that's probably one of my tops just because it's, it just fits my taste. They do lots of different IPAs, double IPAs. Like, I like their style. Shades on. Yeah, but I mean, it, it also, yeah, there's a lot of breweries in the state that do a lot of good beer and yeah. more than they have done in the past, but it's, it's which model do you want to follow? Do you want to follow the distributing model yep. or do you want to cater to, you know, to yeah, the, the, to the, that room, brew, the, you know, the, to the tap, tap room, room, to yep. the tap room and, and making those maybe smaller quantities, but trying some different stuff and trying to, you know, perfect it before you go mm-hmm. to those larger, larger quantities. What's our favorite beer right now though? <laughs> <laughs> give me a high so, life give me a high life no, high life man. Oh, Jesus. High. the champagne the of champagne, beers baby. No, you still can't is, you still cannot get rid of the high life girl. it's you can't it's it tastes it's so good when it's ice 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 cold right like oh. not even refrigerator cold like ice in a cooler cold those things go down so smooth they're so delicious and it's funny because there were so many years that i was like a beer snob where it was like give me the four pack from proclamation or give me it from line side or give me it from somewhere that's what i'm gonna have i'm gonna have those tonight by the fire and now I'm buying an 18 pack that's 9.99 at Miller High Life, and I'm like, <laughs> how the mighty have fallen! Talk about Pastor Prime, man! Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm like, this beer is unbelievable. It's like so good. And then also though, now you'll notice people aren't doing as many IPAs and doubles. Like people are changing some seltzers, but the uh, everything Kolsch, changes. What is it? Kolsch. Kolsch. Is that what you call it? It's kind of like a lager. Yeah, Proclamation yeah, is a good one right yeah. now. They do. A yeah, good. very good one. So. Yeah, there, there's there. a uh, TikTok guy. Um, he makes like just reviews on craft beer and homebrew and stuff. But he recently did Rolling Rock, 
And he gave it like a nine out of 10. He's like, this yeah. is like a solid light lager beer. And I'm like, Hey, the, the mighty have fallen, but nothing beats a, a nice cold rolling yeah. rock in the green. Yeah. Bottle. They made him do a rolling rock. And he's like, I don't know if my followers just hate me or they're genuinely curious. And then he, yeah. proceeded well, he just wanted to, he just wanted to do something for effect. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Out there and, and get attention, but oddly I mean, enough, like that's how we found him. Right. He reviewed right. a rolling rock, came up on the yeah. for you page. And we're like, Oh yeah. fuck. All right. We got so now, many so. like, <laughs> Years ago, it's it was hops, 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 and more exactly. hops. Exactly. How bitter How hazy. and yeah. big can we get these yep. beers? So it's only natural that you know people are going to pull back a little bit. But like, well, I mean, I, I'd like to have three, four, five. I drink one of these or two. I, I I'm done. It's a roast you know? beef sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm done. Everyone else yeah, has a roast beef sandwich, like in your mouth, and that. And so having a few high lifes is a, is a good. A nice like downshift uh, from that, but we missed a good one too, uh, Whalers. Because mm. if you looked at con- my consumption over the last like couple of years, playing golf, being on the golf course, out in the sun, Whaler uh, Whalers Rise is probably probably my number one beer that I've had like lots of, you know, yeah. uh, over over the last few years. I'll and tell you what, there's a new one too. You know, Sons of Liberty, the distillery oh, yeah. down yeah. In, uh, in Wakefield. You're gonna say chair uh, too. Chair two is delicious, man. Yes. Chair two is awesome. You know, for Mm. a light beer, that I mean, that's got a lot of taste to it. That that they just won that award. They won the uh, the best light lager in America. Yeah, that thing Mm -hmm. is outstanding. And we We had we were at the Rhode Island Seafood Festival. That's my that's my uh, my wife's cousin. Oh, there we go. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, little first cousin there you go. right there. Yeah. You got a coupon code? We were at the. There you go. Yeah, I think it's direct to order. I think it's mail yeah. uh, mail order locker. Yeah, he does Love a good it, job. But... I mean, their whiskey's really good, and then they had the uh, loyal loyal nine, lemonades. Yeah, the loyal nine yeah. series that he was able to do well with. But this chair, this chair two thing is like kind of like the rise mm-hmm. in that like marketing package that branding, and he wants to go you know to the next level with it with the, the distribution all over. We've got yeah, we, an Oktoberfest on. We have a, we have a two kegs here in the office at Squad Locker, so we've got Rise and Oktoberfest on right now. It's tough to get some of these really good, like really good beers and kegs, you know, so that we can put them here because we're not a bar, we're an office, you know, so like, we actually have to get it from a from a uh, you know, from a liquor store or something. So. We're waiting for a couple to maybe fall off the back of a couple of trucks of some people that Dan knows. So we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> we get a good one from somewhere. It's Rhode Island. Sometimes that shit happens. Yeah, it, yeah, it just happens. It really the it wind does. blows and a keg ends up at your place. You're like, oh fuck, all right, whatever. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, well, we should. We I did. We did talk about this. We need a brew uh, batch at your house. We need to do a home brew batch. Yeah, I haven't done one in a while. And and do a past our prime one. Hey, well, we'll yeah. collab with you guys. Uh, we'll we we love to. We do some home brewing as well. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to. Uh, Hop on that collaboration. We we just did our uh, what are we on twelfth beer now? Thirteenth, twelfth. Yeah. So a little bit of we did a collaboration with Barstool a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Uh, the Wonton Don. He um yep. tweeted he tweeted randomly a couple months ago. He was like, "Yeah, is there a market for breakfast beer? You know, looking to uh, have something." And we just responded like, "Yeah, we can we can you know fuck around with that." And then all of a yep. sudden we get a follow and a DM. He's like, "Really?" And we're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're like, he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about like, we look at each other. We're like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. (laughs) We're like, you got to call this thing, uh, like two beers and a Fanta or something like that. Isn't that one of his slogans? Like where he does like two beers and a Fanta. He has like two beers and then like one Fanta. One Fanta. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. 
we, so. we we ended up calling it Don's Early Light because that's what he wanted to call it. So we yep. just like shipped him a bunch. He put it in the Barcel office. Everyone's like, "Oh shit, this is kind of good." So we're waiting on his review to drop. It's been like four weeks. We had him on the show. A well, he's in weeks Europe ago. now, so he's like, yeah, he's "Once I come back from Europe, he's just traveling <laughs> oh, cool. the world." So, but yeah. homebrewing's fun, and uh, it's great to hear that you guys uh, might do might hop back into that. It's a uh, it's a science, but it's a it's a cool project. I'm more of a home drinker. We'll let Dan do the brewing, and then we'll just have it once it's cold. You know, we'll take it from there. There is nothing wrong with that, uh, guys. We know you're busy. We'll we'll close out here um, before we wrap things up. Who do you guys think is going to win the Super Bowl? Who do you guys think is going to win the World Series? Mm. You want to take um, the Super Bowl, and I'll take the World. Oh, you want to want to swap it? Switch it up. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. I mean. I'm trying to think right now who I really like for the Super Bowl because we've had a conversation about this a bunch of times. Uh, I mean, the Patriots are probably my pick with Mac Jones now. But um, oh, I love it. My my sleeper has been the Cardinals mm. oh, with okay. Kyler Murray. That was a sleeper pick. Okay. Um, for the World Series, tip goes with his heart. Yeah, I go. I bet. I, I bet <laughs> that way too, and it's not a oh, great no. concept. We um, got some betting boys here as well. Yes, love to hear yes, that. Yes. So you can have that to your. Your, uh, your bees. The bees. The bees. The bees. Yeah. You guys have betting. Uh, for baseball, I mean, boy, there's going to be a crazy race here with the, with the uh, you know, American League East, what's happening, like with all this wild card thing, like potentially double wild cards and all this stuff going on. But like the Dodgers, the Giants, like that type of stuff, that's tough to beat. You know, like those pitching staffs are like fully loaded. Um, I'm a huge closet Mets fan. And, like, they're not going to do this year, but I've always been – I always just like the color oh. of the Mets uniforms and stuff, which is a strange one. I mean, Red Sox are my team, but I've always been like – how? Like, I, I just wish the Mets were good for some reason. It's weird because they beat the Red Sox, you know, in 86. <laughs> you know, that way, but, you know, I've always yeah. been kind of a little bit of a closet Mets fan. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave baseball to you. Leave baseball to me. Yeah, All right. Who's football doesn't for doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> it does matter. This is the time that matters. Looking like a true football player. He's like, yeah, yeah baseball doesn't matter. You know, I think it, there hasn't been <laughs> You wore a Red Sox shirt the other day. <laughs> I like the Red Sox, okay, but I don't okay. follow. I mean, how, do you, how, how can you watch like a full baseball game? It's just no, it's, so goddamn. You have it long. on the background. It's perfect. 162 <laughs> of them throughout the year. It doesn't even matter until they get into August or September. Have it on the so background the while you're drinking point. one of those delicious beers. Although I do like going to the games. Um, <laughs> there hasn't been a back to back in a long time since we did it. And if there's one guy that can do it, it's Brady. And mm-hmm. the fact that they have those that that team back with another year of practice and off season and, and really gelling as a team, I, I, I think they got to be the favorite. But I feel that because Gronk went on a, a show with David Ortiz and um, and Jared Carabas from Barstool a couple of weeks ago, and they're asking him about you know what he was feeling after the Super Bowl, and he's like, "Is it bad that all I thought about after the Super Bowl was like how good we're going to be next year?" <laughs> I, I'm like, when when you got a guy like Gronk thinking about that, it's something real. Yeah. And that, what do they do? They brought every single person back basically. So yeah. it's like I, I get that. You know, the dudes, the dudes on that squad are like they're just so motivated right now. And I don't, re- I don't know if anyone can stop them. I really don't. What do you haven't lost in 10 four? weeks? What do you think yeah. happens in week four uh, in, in Gillette? That's a great, Tampa, I don't know. I think Brady I know wins that. I think. I think the Bucks win think that. So. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? I think Brady comes in on fire. You said, you said <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like going to scorch. Brady's going to throw like seven yeah. touchdowns. Hey, hey. That's yeah. what Dan was saying. He might hang, try to hang a 50. Yeah. You know, like no, he uh, always does, but he's like, this might really, he might really go for 50 for, yeah. one, for the first time. 
because it also might line up on the everything uh, burns on the yeah. record, right? The what is it, passing yards or passing touchdowns? It might line up in the next two weeks if you know oh, he's on pace. Yeah. yeah, there's like eight yeah. more yeah. records that line up throughout the season or whatever. <laughs> it's just like I mean, yeah, it's like which one? He's done when he's 55. He'll have them all. It's, I mean, it's just yeah, he, he just needs the whole breeze. Like in him passing each other, which was strange because I never really, yeah, always, I never thought about Breeze that way. But he, he was slinging it for a long time. That's all just going to go bloop all the Brady here, you know. And yeah. then I don't ever see anybody catching it. But well, there's only just remember this: there's only one goddamn stat that matters. Yeah, that's and true. that's that seven that's in right. front of the Super Bowls. I mean, I mean, that's what you play for. So yep, um, you can have all these fancy touchdown records, passing yards, whatever you want, win percentage. It doesn't really matter. you got to win the last game of the year. He's won the most. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. Well, gentlemen, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, by the way, we love Squad Locker. I mean, you know, we're going to obviously plug that along, and we have Gary coming on next week. But the, oh, the merchandise that you guys create is incredible. The service on the website, the customer experience, the customer service, I mean, 10 out of 10. Um, that's why you guys are the number one rated Rhode Island uh, startup, and it's well-deserved. I mean, we love the merchandise. Our fans love the merchandise. So just wanted to give you guys a shout out on that. It's some great stuff and a special shout out to uh, Erica Mason as well. You know, former coworker of mine who made this happen. Uh, you know, we, we really enjoy what squad locker is doing for uh, the Rhode Island community and everybody. So we thank you for that. Yeah. The marketing um, team's humming. They're, yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're doing, doing their thing. So we'll expect all those reviews on all the social networks from you guys right there. So <laughs> after you get done with this, just get your typing fingers ready. Always hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, as we close out, you know, Dan and tip past our prime podcast, where can our listeners, you know, follow your content, engage with the podcast, um, and find you guys on social media. Do you want to answer? Do you no, want you, you got we're it. We're so bad at you, both you of them. We're, we're so bad at this. Actually, Max, do Not you the plug want guys. an answer? No, we got yeah. <laughs> at past our prime show on yeah. Instagram. Max out of the woodwork. He's here. Yeah. He haven't lives. you guys realized we're, we're the yeah, town? Yeah. We yeah. come in here. Max does the rest of it. We just sit down, do this for an hour, and we now our lunches are ready yeah. for us. Those yeah. just came in. So Instagram, at past our prime show. You know, yep. any businesses, youth uh, sports, you know, com. Visit the squad locker or DMS DMS at uh, at past our prime show and uh, show you what's about. I guess we're do some team of the days, by the way. So we we need a we're we're probably four or five team of the days back right now. So we might knock a few of those down. So DMS, if you have a team out there and you're listening, we'll make you team of the day, which means you get some free free gear. Yep. Right. Well, we well we appreciate you guys for sure for taking the time of day. Your lunches are ready. Go eat. Um, I don't. I can't tip. believe you guys don't have a beer during the show. Yeah, it's, it's one o'clock. We, we, we're we still, yeah, one we o'clock. still were working. <laughs> exactly. It is one yeah. o'clock. That's the point. That's I know. I know. Up on working. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're working uh, from yeah. home, so I guess they can't That's really tell on the side. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, guys, thanks <laughs> so boys. much. Uh, we'll keep it. up with Appreciate you guys. It. And, you know, we're, you guys are more than welcome on, on the, you know, all of our all of our content all the time. And, you know, we'll, we'll be keeping up with the good things you guys are doing. So, Dan and Tip, thanks for coming on. Take care. Later, Dude. boys. Thanks, guys. We'll see awesome. you. Past Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one-stop shop for custom team apparel, delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.